what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Welcome Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host Jason. This week I'm going to talk about what I watched. I'm going to talk about games I played in. Give you a quick dog update. Um, answer a bunch of listener mail. So let's get to it. Want to give a quick shout out to a new anchor podcast called Bandits Keep by Daniel. There's a friend of Andy Goodman from Expedition of Grizzly Peaks, but Daniel's a very experienced GM and you know he's got a couple episodes out so far that there's some really interesting things in them. So I highly recommend you check that out. Of course, like all the things I'll talk about, there'll be a link in the show notes for it. Games I played in, I only really played in two games. Carl Rodriguez ran a Call of Cthulhu darker trails or i forget what's called but this is using the call cthulhu system at western four hours to reno i don't want to talk too much about the scenario in case he wants to run it again because it is an investigation game we never really solved the mystery we kind of you know the it came to a plot and events happened and so we at the end of it we under we knew what the mystery was but we never actually solved it because you know events transcribed and moved forward before we figured it out but overall, it was fun. It was, it was a fun session. I always enjoy playing Carl's games. My son got to play in that game with us, which is good. He, you know, he enjoys playing online. We need to get him in more games. Um, the other game I played in was Joe Richter's Pathfinder One game, which is West March's game, and that's been, that's always a lot of fun. I'm playing a fighter in that. I've recently switched up to a, a Lucerne, Lucerne Hammer, however you say it, polearm because in Pathfinder, reach is a big deal. So we went and we're going to take out these wasps that were bothering a farmer. And we we took some firebombs and stuff with us, but we really weren't prepared. And so we, we went up there. Well, the problem with there were swarms, and we weren't ready for swarms. Even We did have a, a caster with us who had, like, burning hands, which is like a flamethrower spell in that game. But anyway, we went up there, and then Jules from the Jules from NZ podcast was playing a druid with a panther animal companion. So we, we went up there, and the drones came out, these big, huge, beat, you know, wasp drones. And they, that wasn't a problem. We were able to fight them just fine. But then a swarm of little wasps came out. And the problem is, in Pathfinder, a swarm, depending on the size of the creatures, you can't even hit them with melee weapons. So we couldn't even hit them. Anything that would hurt them would be area effect weapons. So we were really limited how we could even hurt these things. And if they're on a occupying the space with you they automatically hit and you automatically take damage so unfortunately my fighter who couldn't do much was standing out you know messing with the big drones while everybody else was just getting murdered by the swarm animal animal companion died which is a big deal because in pathfinder animal companion is basically like character they have their own character sheet and everything um the other characters all got knocked down to zero hit points at one point um so eventually we, we were able to withdraw and um, re-equip and go back 
and clear out the the hive, kill the queen, and you know kill all the the babies and all everything. Um, and we got a lot of treasure out of it, but it, it, you know, it was pretty sad because because we weren't familiar enough with Pathfinder Swarms, which which is on us as players. You know, we, you know, it's all out there in the SRD and everything. We could have researched, and knowing we're going to go clear out a wasp's nest, it makes sense you would face a swarm. So that that is on us for not researching more. But the swarm really kicked our butt, <laughs> and, and it sucks because Jules lost her her panther animal companion, which which was you know pretty traumatic. So it was a really you know heartfelt session um and and my fighter is going to take his takeaway from that is he feels guilty about that because he kind of you know wanted to go on the mission and kind of organize everybody else in the, this mission so from from now on he's going to be much more of a team player much more worried about protecting teammates so he leveled up so for the feat i took he took um i forget what's called and i'm in the car but he took a feat where he can use his pole arm when he does a power attack instead of doing extra damage he can push the opponent directly away basically move opponents around the battlefield so hopefully that'll be pretty useful in the future but always enjoy joe's games great fun and i'm glad i got to play in it and i look forward to playing more in the future i haven't really got any feedback on cody's rpg reading corner aside from people like liren's reading so in, unless i hear otherwise i'm probably going to stop that so that's why you don't have one this episode if it's something you want to return let me know I'm happy to do it, but if nobody's interested in it, you know, I shouldn't be doing it. But I will talk about things I've watched. Uh, rewatched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I'm working my way back through different Cohen movies, not in any kind of order. Um, I, yeah, I, I still enjoy that. I, I really like the Cohen brothers. Um, who knows, maybe. We talked to Andy Goodman and Spencer over at Keep Off the Borderland, and we may... You know, I may be talking to each of them about different Coen Brothers movies, so we'll see if that pans out. If not, I'll just talk about them by myself here on the episode. But A Brother Where Art Thou, yeah, it that, that's one that's always I've always enjoyed. I'm, you know, a sucker for that kind of music and for, um, you, you know, I, you know, George Clooney's kind of a hate, a love-hate relationship with me, but, but he is good, and, and he is good in that movie. He really is, so I, yeah, I... Oh, Brother, Art Thou is definitely a, you know, movie I enjoy watching. Um, yeah, it doesn't hurt that it's based on the Odyssey. The other thing I watched was True Detective Season 2. I've seen Season 1. Maybe I'll rewatch Season 1 and talk about it at some point. Um, but I did not watch Season 2 or 3, so I'll watch Season 3 next. But I binged Season 2 and watched all eight episodes. It definitely could have a little bit of fat trimmed off it. Um spoilers for true detective season two if you haven't seen it tyler tyler kinch tyler um i'm thinking of conrad kinch anyway um the i think it's tyler kinch i'll insert something here taylor keats it looks like kitsch i don't know you 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 probably know who i'm talking about anyway so there were four main characters in this right colin farrell rachel mcadams taylor keach and um vince vaughn and to be honest Taylor's story, the high patrolman that was the vet, worked for a you know private military corporation. All that, that that whole storyline could be cut. To be honest, he didn't add a whole lot to the story, and you could have cut that to expand the other ones a little bit. I think the last episode was an hour and a half. Could have definitely been cut back to an hour. It drugged quite a bit. It is a slow plotting show, which I don't mind. It's trying to be noir, which I don't mind. 
I don't know what the purpose of the show was, to be honest. Some things tell cool stories. Some things are trying to, you know, have some kind of moral or a lesson behind them. Um, it was okay story. It was fine. It was a mystery. Trying to, you know, different things connected together. But, you know, aside from the idea that some things are too big and you can't defeat them and, you know, you're not going to change some things. Maybe that's the moral because in the end, what they did didn't mean anything. It didn't change anything. Um, that everybody has trauma and, you know, shaped by their trauma. Sure, I could see that because all these characters had trauma from their past and were fighting against that trauma. But overall, yeah, it was okay. I didn't mind it. The writing, somebody had to get, somebody really, the writing probably would have worked in a book, but a lot of the writing didn't really work so much in verbal dialogue and probably would have been better if somebody had done another pass over it. Um, we'll see how season three is. Season two is okay. I remember really like season one, but it's been a while, so I've seen it, so I need to rewatch it. But, yeah, and it's not because anybody wasn't a very good actor. It was just a, I don't know, kind of convoluted story. But it was better than, I'll have to admit, I've heard all kinds of horrible things about season two, and it really wasn't horrible. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what the takeaway from the season is, though. So, there's that. If you watch True Detective Season 2 and have comments, I'd be happy to hear them. Um, but I, I haven't really spoiled anything in the show. I haven't gone into spoilers or anything. But, um, the other, see, the latest episode of The Boys, eh. Like I say, this season of The Boys isn't really impressing me a whole lot. Um, I don't know if I saw, the, I think I saw the last episode of the Lovecraft Country before for last, you know, I, I don't, I think I've talked about the last one I've seen. I don't remember now. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a pretty cool scene in, in latest episode of the boys where somebody gets their face ripped off, like actually peeled off, you know, as an intimidation move. That's definitely a power intimidation move where, where, where you're facing a group of foes and you grab one of them and, and, and just peel their face off. That's definitely a, you know, intimidation right there. So that, that was kind of impressive. The special effects for that were pretty good. But, yeah, overall, The Boys is, meh. I'm, I'm not that impressed season two. I, I think that could have been a one and done. As far as all this stuff, of course, is dark and horrible. Except, um, Oh Brother, War Thou is not dark and horrible. But all these TV shows are, are dark and plotting and horrible. So, Larry, and you probably don't want to watch them. Um, yeah, so that's about it for what I've watched. As far as the dogs, they're doing much better. Um, now Tiger and Maddie are best friends, best buds. Got, I posted a couple pics here and there, but they've, um, you know, now they're, you know, they're sleeping on top of each other now and they're just, you know, best buddies playing in the yard and Gadget's doing okay. So I, I think he's going to fit in okay. Um, and, and he, you know, like I say, he is a pretty lovable dog. He's got a couple habits we need to break him of, but overall I think he's going to end up being a good addition to the household. And he does, you know, howl like a hound dog. He has that, you know, kind of hound dog howl, which which I like. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that because that adds a little bit difference when they all start barking. You know, it's enjoyable. And then when they're all running through the house, you know, you have the three of them going, you know, you have that feeling of a herd running through the house. So I, I like that too. So, yeah, so the dogs are doing well. on the phone 
who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator's screaming is coming from inside the house. Hey, Jason. Daniel from, I guess, Bandits Keep Now podcast. Uh, thanks so much for leaving a voice message. Um, this community is just great. I kind of have been listening for a while to various people, including some of your podcasts in the past. And part of what motivated me to actually do it was your response to Andy. And I thought, you know, I'm sending him so many voice messages, I should just make a podcast about it as well. So um, thank you for that in that sense. And uh, I look forward to uh, you know speaking with you here and listening to more of your great content. Thanks. Thank you for the kind words, Daniel. I had called into Daniel after his first episode. And again, that's Bandits Keep, a fairly new podcast here on Anchor. And, and there is a link in the show notes. I do recommend everybody check that out. Yo, dude, I am so happy you brought up Raising Arizona, but even more happy that you like it because I honestly don't know if I could be friends with someone who doesn't like that movie. That movie fucking rules. It's genius. It's absolutely genius. Uh, Yeah, so thank you for that. Uh, I read Dr. Sleep a few years ago, but I, I don't remember liking it all that. I think it was okay, but I don't remember much about it. Uh, so maybe I'll have to go check that out again. I didn't even know it was a show. Um, and same with The Outsider. That's a Stephen King book, too. I, I read that one, too. I think it's probably based on the Stephen King book. But anyway, man. Um, yeah, dude. I, I just... <laughs> when you were talking about Raising Arizona, man, I had to call. Because I love that movie so much. Anyway, dude. Have a good one. Peace out. Thanks for the call, Joe. That was Joe. Richter from Hindsight List and Wheeler Road Podcast. I talked about Joe's Pathfinder game earlier in the episode. So, yeah, Dr. Sleep. The movie's okay. It's um not bad. It's better than I thought it would be. I have not read the book, but I actually don't have a desire to at this point. It, it is The movie does tie more into The Shining, the book, than it does the movie, although it, it ties into both a little bit because the hotel's still standing, which, you know, at the end of the book it's not. But, yeah, I, I would recommend checking it out, Joe. The as far as The Outsider, yes, it's based on the Stephen King book. So The Outsider, though, is much more of a true detective vibe. So if you like True Detective Season 1, you, you know, the one with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, then check out The Outsider because it's that same vibe. And, you, you know, and from what I've read about the book, again, I haven't read it, but, you know, the 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 show on, on HBO, The Outsider, really, um, you know, changes it up a little bit because it gives that more noir feeling. Um, you know, that kind of slow plotting detective, heavy, oppressive atmosphere kind of feeling. And it sounds like it changes the monster up a little bit too. So anyway, thank you for the call, Joe. Really appreciate it. Hey there, Jason. It's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Just wanted to thank you for all of your recent calls into mine and Hannah's podcast. Greatly appreciate it. And also just a quick message to say, I hope Tiger's settling in. I know people sometimes get a bit of a bad rap, but pretty much everyone I've encountered has always been an absolutely lovely dog. So I'm hoping Tiger settles in with the other two and, you know, your house will be restored to some sort of peace and normality in the near future. Anyway, take care, dude. I'll catch you soon. Of course, that was John Allen Large from the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast, which he does with his lovely wife, Hannah. And yeah, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode, they're, they're getting along good. So I appreciate the kind thoughts, John. Thank you very much. 
Hey Jason, it's Laren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I am really happy to hear that Tiger's doing well. You know, it's interesting, three dogs. I don't think it's a problem. I've known a lot of people who had three dogs. And I hear people say, ooh, I wouldn't have three dogs because two of them will gang up on the other one. But I think it depends on your dogs. I mean, you know, you can have one dog that will gang up on any other animal. <laughs> so I think it's wonderful he's working out. I think it's great that you gave him a chance and, you know, I have no doubt that you guys are managing like how they're relating to each other and that's so important. So Tiger's very lucky that you found him and I'm really happy to hear Maddie was so accepting. I wasn't too worried about Gadget. She seems pretty easygoing and I think as long as you have an easygoing dog in the three, the other two can even be kind of brats and it will go all right. As far as pit bulls go, I worked at the animal shelter when we first moved from Washington State to Virginia. And I have to tell you, it was heartbreaking. It is so sad, the stupid assumptions people make about dog breeds. Because the fact of the matter is, dog breeds are really just guidelines. You know, there are a couple that shouldn't be ignored, like Akitas. I don't know if you're familiar with the dog breed Akita. They have a very high prey drive, so if anything is down on their level or lower, they will either see it as a toy or prey, and either way, they're going to grab it and shake it. And a toddler in the county where I lived when we moved here actually was killed by one. And you know, the dog was not being mean or angry. He thought he was playing, and that poor dog died for that. So I think it's great that you're paying attention to what breed he is, and I'm also really happy that you didn't label him as terrible because of it. Hey Jason, as I'm listening, I just had to stop and leave a message. My grandma's favorite show on the planet was the original Perry Mason. So I am really not going to watch the remake. I'm just not. It has so much sentimental value to me because she loved it so much. And I don't know if you've ever watched the originals, but they were so well done. I mean, there was so much you know, communication through facial expression and posture and the courtroom scenes and stuff. And oh, that show was wonderful. And then you talk about Raising Arizona. I'll tell you, a week does not go by that some comment from that show doesn't come out. And most often it's me saying, yep, those were the salad days. <laughs> I love that movie. I need to go watch it again. And you know, you talk about darkness. I just, I can't do it. I don't, there's so much dark in the world and at my granddaughter's house, I just, I don't watch it. So anyway, thanks for the memory lane stroll. Of course, that was Liren of Updates Mill Nowhere. Thank you so much for the call, Liren. As you know, from my earlier update, and I talked to you offline, that, yeah, our dogs are getting along together much better. So that's a good thing. As far as breeds, yeah, I, I think there are breeds you need to worry about. Like you mentioned, Kitas. I think Pitbull's one of those breeds, especially if you haven't met the parents of the dog or you don't know the situation they were raised in um, because while statistically pit bulls don't bite the most people, at least in the U.S., you know, when you look at fatality statistics. So, you, and, and, you know, so you, you do need to be aware of that, I think, and, and not go in with your eyes, not going blind. But so far, Tiger's worked out really well for us. He's, you know, hopefully going to be a, a valued member of the family for many years to come. As far as shows go... Yeah, that's why I gave you the warning specifically when I was talking about True Detective. It's definitely dark. I don't recommend you check out any of the seasons of True Detective. And probably don't watch The Boys because I don't think 
you know, that that's up your alley either, uh, to be honest. Both, both are pretty dark. It seems like most TV shows are, are pretty dark these days. Even the new Perry Mason's pretty dark. Um, so, but you can always go to a Coen Brother movie if you want to get a little bit of humor, right? Like Raising Arizona. Um, as far as Perry Mason goes, the show, the HBO show is fine. That's not Perry Mason that I know. It's fine, but like I say, I would have changed the name because it's not the Perry Mason from the books and it's not the Perry Mason from the Raymond Burr show. I, I remember watching those growing up too. And, and yeah, I really like the old Perry Mason shows. The new series is fine. It's just not Perry Mason to me. So, you know, I, I just view them as totally different things. But yeah, thank you for the call, Aaron. Now, let me give you a little bit of a setup for this next call, set of calls. So Safer Fantasy Crafting is calling to respond to the interview I did with Barney of Local Ludus podcast referenced the movie Missouri Breaks and adapting it to an RPG, and that was the last Saturday episode. So if you haven't listened to that episode, some of the comments may not you know, make a whole lot of sense. Basically, we talked about the movie Missouri Breaks quite a bit, and then we talked about adapting it to a game. So that's what Safer's calling about. And then because the show's getting kind of long already, I'm not going to respond to Safer. I'm going to say now, thank you so much for the call. I always appreciate when you call in. But I'm going to let Barney answer your comments. Barney was kind enough to call in, and or I played your messages for Barney, and he gave some responses. So I'll just play Barney's response to your calls. So here it goes. Okay there, Jason. You got me, son. I'm going to take the beat. I guess you're going to get me in that ambush. <laughs> Hello, Jason. It's just safer here. just want to say thank you for that last episode on the Missouri Breaks. I really enjoyed it. I thought you and Barney did a really good job there. Really uh, interesting discussion on, on the film, uh, its themes and plots, and how you could apply it to a role-playing game. Really enjoyed it. I think you both did really well. Um, I, I found that I was, I was actually discussing the matter along with alongside you as you were talking. I couldn't help help myself, um, but then again, but then I had to. I was having to stop the podcast and rewind back to listen to the bits that I talked over. So it took me a while to get through to actually get through it because I kept butting in and uh, putting putting my nose in where it shouldn't have been. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, I suppose you've covered a lot of ground there already. And I'll just have a couple of ideas. You'll probably start with I think how to play it in a game is perhaps start with the themes. I'll have another second message to discuss that. Okay, Jason. So I think the main theme of the Zuri Breaks is uh, is actually deception. Um, Nicholson is pretend to be a farmer, and Marlon Brando he's playing all these ludicrous characters as a way of trying to get uh, Nicholson to reveal himself. So what they're really doing is they're playing a game of poker. You know, um, Nicholson's trying to bluff Brando, and Brando's trying to get a tell on Nicholson. He's trying to get Nicholson to expose himself. So I think that's the main thing. There's also a little sub-theme, the possibility of redemption for Nicholson, but ultimately it's kind of like a, redoom, a, a doomed theme. Uh, he, he's not really got a chance. But I think that main theme of deception, you could certainly play quite easily as a one-on-one with uh, the character as the Marlon Brando um, bounty hunter with the stipulation that he can't just kill people, he has to get this tell, he has to get some evidence on someone before he can take action. And I think that would probably be the easiest way to play it, as a one-on-one uh, with a GM and a Marlon Brando player. So I guess I'll just leave it there, Jason. I wouldn't tend to go third message, you know, but uh, I find these little messages in anger, they, they really kind of give me a rush and I ain't got time to get things done. So uh, that's all I really got to say. I just want to put my little... Tuppence in there, you know, uh, sticking my nose in where it don't belong like I normally be. But I think you boys are doing a good job discussing everything else. I ain't got much more to add to that. 
So uh, thank you for that, Jason. I really enjoyed that little radio show of yours. Ears. Take care now. Safer's messages are so nice and spot on. Really a joy to hear. I, there's not much more I think I can add to it, really. I, you know, I think he hits the nail on the head with this deception idea. Absolutely. And that idea that you, that you have to... Uh, I've forgotten, forgotten the word now. Um, uh, that you've got to expose or reveal a take. Get a take on, what was it? What was he said? Oh, God. Um, you know, as a, as, a con- as a game mechanism is really, really fantastic. A tell. That's what he calls it, I think. A tell. Um, Marlon Brando has got to get a tell on Jack Nicholson. And so in the game, in game, especially maybe in a one-on-one, totally spot on, kind of a concept there. Um, you, as the bounty hunter, you can't, you can't take anybody out if you don't have the tell. And I mean, how you would structure that, how would you, how you would formulate that mechanism is really fascinating because you'd want to have checks in there, but that might feel unfair or frustrating but it would certainly be part of it and what about just clues uh how would they play a part but he absolutely nails what for me is the is the principle of the exercise is to is to think is to look structurally at things like films and to see how you could how you could do something novel or interesting um how to what you know mechanically so not just thematically this is the point that you know the theme you really get the theme and the uh the mechanisms to work together so yeah brilliant brilliant thoughts lovely call-ins top stuff see you jason bye Once again, I want to thank Barney for responding to Safer's call. I think Safer has some interesting ideas. In fact, I think our next caller can incorporate those in some ideas he had. So the next caller is Colin Green of the Spike Pit RPG podcast. And he talks about our Missouri Breaks episode and how he thinks he can adapt it to a game with his son. And it sounds like Safer's and Colin are kind of on the same sheet of music. So let's get Colin's take. Hi, Jace. The fact that I've not seen Missouri Breaks in no way diminished my enjoyment of the episode where you had Barney on talking about the film. I thought you did a good job of explaining the plot and how it might apply to RPGs. And this idea of a bounty hunter in a one-player and a GM type of game kind of captured my imagination and I immediately thought of setting uh, this this plot in something like the Star Wars world, doing a, a Mandalorian type of take, or Mandalorian even with the uh, serial numbers filed off and just put it into a sci-fi setting. I think that's the way I'd go. It'd be an easy sell for me with Sonny's interest in, in uh, the, the TV series. And, uh, yeah, cheers for the episode. Keep up the good work catch you later and that's it for the show thank you for joining me i want to thank ray otis for the clip art for this podcast tj drennan for the music 
want to thank all my wonderful callers. I want to thank Barney especially for you know joining in to answer Safer's call. And I want to thank you, the listener, for taking a little time out to listen to Old Spike Pit. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I do want to thank you, listeners, though, because, you know, without you listening, I'd have lower listener numbers. If you have any comments, questions, you can leave me a message on Anchor. You can send me an email at nerdsrpgvarietycast at gmail.com. You can attach an audio file there if you don't want to use Anchor's call-in. You can find me on the Discord's. If there are segments of the show you like or don't like that you want me to stop doing or do more of, let me know. And I'll be back on Saturday. So take care. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? your auntie or a joke put by your spouse but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box what's in the box well the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head and the only question left is if I fail to shoot him dead bring on the gold bring on the gold I want some more bring on the there is a dustman in your moilers by the tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world is gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck